0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about The Mortuary Collection from 2019, written and directed by Ryan Spindell, starring Clancy Brown, Caitlin Custer, Jacob Ellerid, Emma Horvath... Barrick Hardley, and Sarah Hay. And in this film, a mortician in a small town plagued by tragedies tells the stories of the souls that have passed through his funeral parlor. And today we are honored to be joined by a very special guest, our friend Whitney from the Lights, Camera, No! podcast. Welcome to the show, Whitney.
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Whitney. Um, I'm a host on Lights, Camera, No! Which is a similar podcast to Horror Movie Club, except we kind of just make fun of all the terrible decisions that characters make in horror movies so we just kind of pick them apart
0: yeah and this has been a long time coming as uh Whitney Eric and Lauren have had us on their show a couple of times already to discuss Final Destination and the faculty and I highly encourage everybody to go listen to their show and uh you can seek out those two episodes to start if you choose uh or you can go on the roller coaster ride that Ashwin and I just went on where we were listening (laughs) to your Nightmare on Elm Street episode to see which one of you would side with me or Ashwin. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I got I got so excited <laughs> listening to that episode. I, told, I thought I finally had a, a backup.
1: Yeah, I told Ashwin today when we were like coordinating times for recording tonight. I was like, "You, we talk about you a little bit in this episode."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I love the show because uh, I I feel like you guys did a great job of like uh, you know going to town on that movie. But then at the end, like yeah, your, your opinions on it, uh, you know, it, was, it felt like very grounded and really real. Kind of kind of convinced me to rethink uh, my opinions on it.
1: I really went into that episode thinking that I was going to hate, like, say and give it a lights, camera, no, because I have been saying for years, like, oh, yeah, Freddie is my least favorite of the big three. But after having watched all three of them recently, it's he's probably like that one's probably my favorite. He's just it was just Uh, more fun. It was just I think I know this is like a sin to say, but I kind of think Halloween and Friday the 13th are a little bit boring. There's not a lot of, like, character development, it seems like.
0: Yeah, I mean, no judgment here, obviously. I, I, we both think Friday the 13th is boring, although I think <laughs> Ashwin's starting to come around on that series. A little bit, yeah, on, the, on the, like, the later ones. Yeah.
1: I actually like the reboot better than the original.
2: That one from, like, ten years ago or so?
1: Yeah, it has, like, Jared Padalecki and, um... What is her name? I can't remember the other girl that stars in it, but, yeah. Like, I just, it was, I thought it was uh, more fun.
2: Yeah, 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 I just saw the one recently. Like, I, I kind of like that one. It was fun.
1: Yeah, I really like it.
0: Yeah, we'll keep working our way through, and it sounds like you're doing a better job of convincing Ashwin that he should rethink his thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> than I did.
1: Well, I told him today, I was like, he had a problem with the fedora, and I was like, I know this is gross, but think of it like his skin is all burned off, so maybe it's a little bit sticky. So maybe it's not going to fly off while he's committing all these murders. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's, that's a really valid argument. I, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, may, maybe uh, his skin is burning and sticking. Or I think even someone on the show brought up like maybe he's self-conscious about his scalp or something. And uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what it looks like. And uh, yeah, I mean, there could be so many reasons why he has that hat.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe it was like a leftover from his previous life, like where he was going, you know, bald or something and he didn't want that. He was like thinning and he couldn't like make it look okay. So he just adopted the hat and he just can't let it go yeah
2: <laughs> that's true i hope they do like a movie where they go into the backstory on the hat. i, I think that's coming <laughs>
1: His as somebody story. who's
0: been steadily balding since I was 23, I'm realizing why I never thought of the fedora as a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you let him be, Ashwin. You let him wear that fedora.
2: <laughs> That's fair.
0: That was pretty insensitive of me. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. Okay, well, um, Whitney is also a member of our Discord server, ranked number two for quite a while now. Oh, yeah. Higher than I am even. And so the reason I chose this movie was because I thought that I remember you saying you really liked it on our server, but then I looked back at your comment and realized you said you were dying to talk to somebody about it. So no, that's actu- even better. Because I
1: actually really do like it. So I don't know if I should say that that early on, but it won't be a surprise when I'm talking nice. about
0: it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that does it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> well no i'm excited to talk about this and that, now i see why you said you were dying to talk to somebody about it yep uh ashwin had you heard of this movie before
2: no i will wanted to ask you guys where you heard about this from it wasn't on my radar at all
1: uh i was actually just scrolling shutter through in october and came across it and it said anthology and i'm a sucker for an anthology so i was like i'll watch this and it ended up being other than, well, I guess Host came out before October, but out of all the ones that came out on Shudder in October, I think that one was my favorite. The Mortuary Collection.
2: Yeah, awesome. So just like a random find? You you hadn't like uh, heard any of the buzz or anything behind it?
1: No, I hadn't heard anything. And it had some like decently big names in it. Yeah. I mean, the Jacob what is this? It's like Elordi, Elordi? I don't know how you say it. Elorid? Yeah, he's like real big I think it's Ellerid,
0: E-L-O-R-I-D
1: Is that it? Whatever it is we're, We apologize for mispronouncing your name But he is He's all, he all over the place right now He's in Euphoria and he was in All the Kissing Booth movies On Netflix, which my daughter loves So <laughs> that's how I knew who he was And then Do you guys know um, Who the, did you guys recognize The mortician?
0: I did not recognize him, did you Ash? no i didn't
1: well he does a very well i should i don't know if it's very well it's pretty famous a cartoon voice um he is yeah
0: i saw that
1: (laughs) he's mr krabs on spongebob but he's also he's the really mean guard in shawshank redemption
0: i knew his face had like a certain familiarity to it and that's definitely what it's from for me
1: yeah He is just always Mr. Krabs to me.
0: He was in Pet Cemetery 2, which I've never seen, and the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake in 2010. I can't remember who he was in that, but I saw that Uh, as one of his credits on IMDb.
1: Yeah, I rewatched that recently, and I don't remember him in it.
0: Yeah, I was too bored to notice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that one's pretty bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you said you're a fan of anthologies. I am too, obviously, and Ashwin, you are too, right?
2: Uh, I think so. I just feel like it's so rare that you come across one that's like consistent. But do do you guys have
0: favorite ones? I think Creepshow is probably my favorite. Oh, yeah. Classic.
1: Out of all of them, I love out of like anthology movies. Mm. I probably love um, Tales from the Dark Side or maybe Twilight Zone movie from the 80s. But um, Brian doesn't you like trick or no, wait. You like Tales of Halloween versus Over Trick or Treat, and I like I like Trick or Treat better. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's my controversial opinion on on anthologies. Is I generally don't even think Trick or Treat is that great, but I know it's beloved.
1: Yeah, I but like it's it. interesting
0: that you mentioned specified movies, Whitney, because I kind of tend to not think of shows as anthologies. But that's certainly what like a Twilight Zone Twilight Zone show or Tales of the Crypt or even Are You Afraid of the Dark? Those are anthologies. Mm-hmm. It's just easy not to think of them as such
1: yeah and i any shows like i almost wish shows like the x-files were and they had like a little bit of an anthology feel to them because you'd have like your monster of the week episodes but you know they also have the ones with like there was always the background with the overarching plot with you know Mulder and scully but i always favor like if i go back and watch them i'll just pick out the monster of the week episodes and watch those just because i like them more
0: yeah, those are fun episodes. Yeah, I mean, under that logic, even like the CSI type things are kind of anthologies in a way.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's lots of shows that I kind of like where they're just solving a different murder. Or they're solving a di- there's a different problem with different characters in every episode.
2: Would Would you guys consider like the Haunting of Hill House and In Blind Manor like those as anthologies, or because like they're more like I feel like each episode's an hour
0: almost, so it, do those still count as like short form stories? No, because it's got like all the same characters. Yeah, all tar- part of a broader story. Right. I mean, CSI. That's probably a stretch. Just call like something CSI like an anthology. But
1: what well, would we consider American Horror Story? Because it's a different, um, it's a different story every season. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of the same. I guess it's not the. It's different characters. It's just the same actors. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if those yeah, are. Yeah, that's considered- a good
0: point. I don't know. I don't know what those are called with like little self-contained seasons.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like those just yeah. because I'm, I have ADHD, and so it's just way easier for me to pay attention and, like, keep everything straight when it's shorter yeah. stories together. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, right. Well, I, I like that, uh, especially in horror, like, I feel like shorter stories, it can be, like, more impactful mm-hmm. versus, like, a long, drawn-out one. Mm-hmm. So it works.
1: I don't think you necessarily need as much character development in horror stories a lot of times
0: for sure and if you've got a good idea for like one single scare or one scary concept it's nice it's a nice way to just put it out there without having to build an entire two-hour long story around it mm-hmm. yeah
2: oh and some of those other anthologies you guys are talking about like that like the movies like the trick-or-treats uh and, and others um is are each of the shorts usually directed by the same director and, and like the same writer or do you usually
1: have like different people I think it depends. Some of them will bring in different people to direct the different stories. Um but right. I I not. but like Trick or Treat is all um shoot I'm blanking on that Michael guy's Daugherty name. Michael Daugherty or whatever. Yes. Yes, Michael Darty. Like he yeah. did the whole thing. Dirty. So I mean I think it just depends on the movie.
0: Yeah, and Tales of Halloween is everyone's a different director. Oh right. VHS is like that too.
1: Oh yeah.
2: yeah. That
0: was one of my favorites
1: heard about
0: VHS. So this movie, Rotten Tomatoes, 95% critics, 77% users, uh, 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. It premiered at Fantastic Fest in 2019. That's why it's got the 2019 next to it if you look it up on IMDb. And it was picked up by Shudder, and they didn't release it until, as Whitney said, October 15th of this year. Um, And there was really a slew of October films. So it's unfortunate that I think some of the titles just got lost in the shuffle and people are still catching up and probably will be for a while.
1: I think everything was just, if they had it ready to go and they knew that it wasn't going to make it to the theaters, just with everything being disrupted by COVID, they just kind of threw it on VOD or on a streaming service, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Put it out there. And I think a lot of streaming services all had the same idea. So October was just swamp
1: <laughs> i felt like netflix didn't have as many this year i felt like they were focusing on um bly manor so much that they didn't have a ton, unless i'm forgetting a bunch
0: <laughs> no yeah, you I might be right maybe it was hulu that had a lot
1: hulu had a bunch and then amazon prime had a ton they released all of those like uh the Bloomhouse movies in october
0: right oh
2: yeah
1: and, and I, that was weird to me
2: I feel like uh, Netflix movie they didn't have that many but they had like probably like the most uh, relevant or the biggest one with uh was it like Hubby Halloween or Hubie Halloween oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hubie Halloween
1: <Was> <laughs> <laughs> Hubie I watched Halloween. it
2: <laughs> 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 yeah it was, it was quality over quantity I think for Netflix yeah yeah you could tell
0: <laughs> that that's Adam Sandler's motto, quality over quantity. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like about that guy.
1: <laughs> people give him such. A, and I said this on um, Blake's show for midweek matinee. We were talking about people give Adam Sandler such a hard time. But if you think about it, he's really just getting all his friends together and is like hey you guys want to make some money and like have some fun while we make a really dumb movie it doesn't even have to be good we can all just hang out and do stupid stuff together i feel like that's just all he does
0: (laughs) i feel like a lot of those movies are probably better than i give them credit for i I just haven't watched a good chunk of them ever since i think little nicky was about the point i started i stopped keeping up with his movies
1: i can tell you that hubie halloween will not live up to any expectations that you could possibly have it's real bad Yeah, it was really, really bad. But, I mean, look at me. I watched it because I consume way more media than the average person. And I was like, I'm bored. I'll watch it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, people are excited to do. I think there's a good chunk of people, too, who want to do something Halloween-y but don't want to be, don't want their pants scared off.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: UB Halloween was an attractive option, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and some people actually liked it. So, I mean, I've heard people say that they enjoyed it. Yeah, that's what I heard. More power to them.
2: That was fun to see like the whole gang back together, I guess. There's some like nostalgic factor to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was like some cameos that are really fun, you know, considering. But the storyline as a whole is like really
0: <laughs> Yeah, garbage. Um, well, there's not too much background info out there on this movie, guys. So if you guys have anything else you want to get in before we transition to the spoilers, let it out now. Or if there's anything else you want to mention about Hubie Halloween.
1: <laughs> no i think i've i think i've spoken my fill for the next you know year at least about hubie halloween
0: so. maybe we'll have you back as a guest for hubie halloween
1: sometime <laughs> yes i'll do it if you guys cover it i'll be back
2: <laughs> uh hey uh brian this is uh this guy's first feature film right it is yeah it's yeah impressive you, you guys don't know if there was like a, a story or like a book that any of this was based off is there
0: no, he, he straight up wrote it, and uh, The Babysitter Murders, the last um, segment here, was a short that he made just to, as a proof of concept and kind of show people he could make this movie. He made that in like 2015 or something.
2: Oh, cool. Have you guys, either of you seen that?
0: Well, we've seen it because it is literally, I think the short itself is it's what it? we see yeah. in that segment.
1: It's the last short. Oh. That
2: whole last short is the movie, is, is that movie? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah
2: that,
0: oh, okay.
1: Well, you guys know that originally Halloween was going to be called The Babysitter Murders.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I was like, oh, I nice, just thought right. they, I didn't realize that it was like an actual short that he had titled that to show that he could, you know, make a movie or whatever. I thought it was just a play on Halloween. Like the, I thought the girl was supposed to be watching like Halloween, but not, you know, a generic. Like a parody
0: ver- of it or something? Yeah, like
1: a generic version of Halloween. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and when at first I read that and I thought, okay, the what the woman is watching in the last segment is the short. But no, the short is that entire last segment. Oh, uh, that that's what I thought. I thought it was what she was watching on T V. That's no, what she's saying. No.
1: Yeah, the short is what is the one starring Sam. And she's watching. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm just making yep. sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's cool. <laughs> shorts and shorts and shorts. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to do our Ohio connection, if anybody, unless anyone else has anything on, on that. I
1: don't have anything. Nope.
0: I'm good. All right. Uh, well, our friend Alex connects every movie we watch to our home state of Ohio, me and Ashwin's home state, that is, of Ohio. Uh, and Alex owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, so you can go pick up food in your car safely, beer, wine, or food. Or check them out on Uber Eats or Grubhub. And Alex says Although the mortuary collection is a horror anthology, the film maintains a familiar and cohesive structure throughout. Each of the film's segments are set up by mortician Montgomery Dark, describing the deaths that have occurred at Raven's End Mortuary to a young woman who inquired about a job. Montgomery Dark is played by longtime actor, voice actor, Clancy Brown, and many will recognize him, as Whitney said, as the Shawshank prison guard, Byron Hadley, or as Kurgan in the 80s, the Kurgan in the 80s classic Highlander.
1: I've never seen that. Have you guys? Nah. Mm, I've seen parts of it, not the whole thing. And I know the tagline from it. (laughs) (laughs) What
0: is the tagline?
1: Isn't the Highlander the one where they're like, there can be only one? Isn't that it?
0: Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> that sounds right. I hope I did it justice. Uh, and Alex says, "Or if you're me, he'll always be the voice of Mr. Krabs, owner and operator of fast food restaurant The Krusty Krab, located in SpongeBob's underwater community, Bikini Bottom." And Clancy Brown was born and raised in Urbana, Ohio. Cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I'm glad he was our connection.
2: Way to go, Clancy. Isn't Isn't Urbana isn't like kind of uh, down towards where he went to college, Brian? Uh, I, th- I can't remember. I want to say it's like central Ohio, but I can't remember. Okay. I thought he was going to connect it with the, uh, the Shawshank connection. Is oh that, yeah. That that's another is- connection. Okay, right. Yeah. Is Shawshank? that one before.
1: Was it, is Shaw- was Shawshank filmed in Ohio or was it? Yeah, it
0: was filmed at a prison in Mansfield, Ohio.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
0: Which
2: yeah. like they've now turned into this haunted house, which is kind of cool.
1: Oh, that's fun. I mean, not fun for me. I don't
0: like haunted houses. Maybe Clancy Brown just hopped in his car and drove to the set every morning.
1: (laughs) Maybe (laughs) he just stayed at his mom's house. It's
0: pretty convenient. Uh, Okay, guys. Well, let's move on to the plot. And listeners, we're going to spoil this movie. So if you don't want it spoiled, you can duck out now. Um, But before we move on, um, Whitney, Ash, do you mind if I take a quick break to eat some dinner? My wife just made some chicken and veggies. Go for it. Okay, all right, cool. Be right back. Okay, I'm back. Hey, that was pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, shoved that uh, chicken and veggies in a blender and and drank it right up, chugged it. Gotcha. Ah, tasty. Sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> that was maybe the grossest part of this movie for me.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it
0: easily was. It's always food that gets me.
1: It's yes, it's, it's I can handle blood for the most part. There's certain body parts if they're injured that kind of bu- bug me, but I can't handle vomit, and there was a lot of vomit or just you know regurgitation. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I actually I listened to an interview with the uh, the director. Uh, What's his name? Ryan Spindell, and he was like at the end of it all. Once I saw it, I was like, "This is pretty vomity." <laughs> <laughs> it there
1: was. It was just that one segment, but oh gosh, it was there was a lot, and it was always green.
0: Yeah, there was a variety yeah. of fluids in general in this movie.
2: Wait, so you guys weren't curious at all about like taking a dinner, pureeing it, and and trying to drink it and see if if that's appetizing?
1: I mean, have you ever tasted. I mean, there are some
0: foods that just.
1: Baby food? That's basically what baby food Uh, is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So how how bad could it be, right? Well, you know, I I don't remember ever tasting baby food, but it sounds pretty appetizing if that's what it is.
1: (laughs) I can remember tasting Evie's baby food. Like, you know how they, when they graduate to like the the meals that are baby food it's like it really is like it'll be like chicken and mashed potatoes and it's paste it's like you know baby food and it's disgusting yeah. and i would taste it and then i would just feel bad feeding it to her because i mean she liked it but <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not bad <laughs> um our uh, our previous guests amy and joseph they had a baby shower years ago uh a co-ed baby shower that i went to and they played a guessing game of the baby foods And there were a couple where I just, I was like, I know this taste and I have no idea what it is. And then I learned afterwards that it was like ham and chicken and I was just (laughs) so grossed out.
1: Yeah, because you don't have to refrigerate it. So it's it's just sitting there in the jar. It's like spam. It
0: wasn't even like a possibility in my mind that it could have been meat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not good. So yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, maybe that was a little bit better because I'm sure he included some spices. Baby food doesn't have any seasoning, but still, I don't. It, there's no way it tasted good.
0: And it was probably hot because it was right out of the stove. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, everybody. Now that we've grossed you out, so we open with the uh, <laughs> the wraparound story where this creepy mortician named Montgomery has just finished a funeral for a small child and a young woman named Sam. Sam comes in inquiring about a job due to the help wanted sign outside and she tries to sneak a peek at the kid in the casket but he tells her she doesn't want to see that and she tries to get him to tell some creepy stories about the people who have died and passed through this mortuary Uh, and he obliges and he starts reading from these books that document the stories of the people that died there Um, how do you guys feel the setup was probably like 10 or 15 minutes what were you guys thinking at this point like Did you like the overall premise, uh, like, and like the tone of everything, Whitney, what were you thinking?
1: I liked it because it immediately gave me kind of Goonies vibes. Like just the beginning with the kid, uh, riding like the little boy riding his bike through the town. He's delivering the papers and he, and this is before, I guess he, the girl shows up, but it, I just liked the atmosphere and the music that went with it. It kind of was a little bit nostalgic for me. And then after I was re after I watched it, I was looking up, um, trivia on it and it's it was filmed in the same place that goonies was and i was like oh that's why so all right yeah all those places were you know the sit in astoria i guess and um i don't know i just as soon as she i liked to hear the stories i knew where it was you know was gonna go because it was an anthology obviously but i i liked the setup
0: yeah nice and Ashwin, how about you and how did you feel Ashwin, about uh maybe clancy brown specifically as the narrator
2: yeah, you know, I, it's it's interesting, So yeah, I agree with everything Whitney said, like, it was, it was kind of a, a fun setup, and uh, there, was, there was a part of me, though, that felt like it was a little whimsical, and I remember, like, the, the tags for the genre of this film, like, reading, like, fantasy, so I, I got a little bit worried that this was going to be kind of a kid's movie, and uh, I, th- I think it's unrated or, or not rated or something, so I, I was a little concerned. Uh, but yeah, when uh, that guy comes on, uh, Clancy or whatever, like his his makeup uh, looks amazing, and I I love the way that uh, he's presented and kind of like a scary, spooky guy. But like, there's a it wasn't like too serious. Like it was almost like uh, they were kind of making fun of uh, his role as like supposedly the scary guy who's not that scary. What what did you guys think?
1: He seemed like he was um, like kind of offended that the little kid called him creepo or. Yeah you know like he he didn't seem like that scary and then he was got really into the eulogy that he was giving oh yeah (laughs) and the people in the audience which i didn't realize the first time i watched it that the people in the audience there were there was you could find them throughout the other stories and it didn't right right like so i was kind of confused a little bit i mean we'll get to it i'll i'll get to it when we talk about that particular story but He didn't come across like he wanted to be scary. He was just kind of saddled with it. It was just kind of like, yeah, everybody thinks I'm the weirdo.
0: Right, yeah, I like that. I was kind of jokey about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was kind of like sensitive and and cute in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think to echo on your thinking it was maybe for kids or something, it's a little bit, um, I'm tempted to call it cartoony. Like it had Are You Afraid of the Dark vibes. And I think that's like a bit of an homage to... The tradition of anthologies, and I think their legacy kind of largely comes from the Tales from the Crypt comics in the fifties. So creep shows kind of like that too, right? Kind of comic booky and cartoony. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yep, yeah, I kind of like that vibe. So he goes into the first segment, um, and did you guys? Wikipedia said like this takes place in the fifties. This first segment, I never knew what time any of this was taking place. Did you? I really struggled
2: with that too. Like they it felt kind of timeless, like a lot of like old uh, set pieces and stuff, but then more like modern like fashion and stuff. So yeah, I I couldn't tell.
1: I thought that like it was a little bit confusing because in the, you know, obviously her attire in the first story is very like 50s-ish. Um and then so I was reading and it go like this in the order of the stories, it's like 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s supposedly. That's when they were all set according to Wikipedia. But oh. There were, like, the whole thing with the guys doing that presentation, I don't feel like that would fly in the 60s, you know? Like, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were some things that just didn't quite jive with me, but.
1: I didn't know if they were trying to do that or not if they were trying to make it yeah you know kind of like what boz lerman does when he re like when he d- redid the great gatsby and like obviously this is a stretch but he does the you know the current music with like the older story it was kind of it was kind of like they were oh, yeah. matching you know matching all these different timelines together almost
0: yeah I'm, t- I'm tempted to call it steampunk even though i've never quite understood fully what steampunk <laughs> is
2: <laughs> but I mean, like, I think throughout you had, you have like old cars, old TVs and like no cell phones and like answering machines and landlines and stuff. Uh, right. So it definitely felt like dated, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so this woman, she steps into the restroom at a house party and she notices some slime on the light switch, but thinks nothing of it. And she reveals that she's been pickpocketing the people at the party. She pulls the cash out of a bunch of wallets that she's stolen and throws the wallets in the trash. And she hears something behind the mirror in the medicine cabinet, picks the lock, and opens it to discover a tentacled monster inside. She tries to sneak out, but drops a pocket watch that she's stolen, I believe, which makes a noise, alerting the creature to her presence. And it sucks her back in, breaking her back as it basically folds her in half to fit her through the medicine cabinet. And then we see it turn out the light with its slimy tentacles, which I think implies that it had just done this to someone before her, right?
1: I think it just means that the monster, like, lives I just assumed it lived in that in that bathroom wherever they were and it just occasionally fed on the you know whatever person that came in there when it was hungry or that yeah. was dumb enough or maybe to it open just the just had the
0: light on cuz it was
1: yeah using like the, the bathroom dark or, <laughs> or it was using the bathroom.
2: <laughs> are you are you are you assuming then that the monster's like locking and unlocking the door from inside too? Hmm
0: Yeah, I guess if if she locked the door and then she would have, the monster would have to unlock it.
1: So she was, it was at a, Mm. like a restaurant or a dance club, right? It wasn't somebody's house. So she was like pickpocketing. Oh, really? Okay. Right? I'm assuming. Oh. Because she had pickpocketed. I didn't think there would be
0: a medicine cabinet in like a dance club though.
1: Oh, that's true. So maybe it was just a party. I thought it was
0: like a swanky house party.
1: Yeah. And the owners just kept this, their little octopus pet in the medicine
0: cabinet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where else do you put those things?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's where I keep <laughs> Yeah, on. What do you
0: expect? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's got to be near water.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> um, so Whitney, we'll start with you. What did you think of this one? Was it kind of short and sweet or kind of pointless? I mean, it was only like two minutes or
1: something. Right. I, I will say when I first watched it and this is the first one that I saw, I wasn't excited for the rest of them. I was kind of like, oh, because I really wanted to know more about her and what she was doing there and why this monster lived there. So it was basically just me kind of being a brat and being like, but I want more and it, you know, didn't give me more. Um it it was probably my least favorite out of the four stories, but I still enjoyed it. It's I liked how it, you know, sucked her in and it was really gross how that like folded her backwards to pull her in. Yeah. <laughs> and the sound effects <laughs> yeah. were disgusting. So
0: For sure. <laughs> Ashwin, how about you? Uh, you know, I
2: I think that this this is like the scene that got me into the movie because uh, yeah, up, up until now it, it felt kind of um, yeah, kind of kiddish and like kind of more mysterious. Uh, you don't really know what's going, and then this segment where like there's very little dialogue and. It's it's also like pretty effective like photography in terms of um, the colors that they're using and her and her yellow dress and how it's like positioned against the like the light green of like the bathroom. It just like felt like really uh, like the cinematography I thought was really good and then uh, yeah that the, the surprise like body gore that kicks in uh, kind of like amped the amped the uh, the stakes up for me. So I I thought it was a great kind of like short like intro into like what was about to come and the rest of the stories. Nice.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I really liked the, uh, the like colors and the cinematography here. It was it looked good in the set design or whatever. Um, and it, to echo Whitney on what you said, it was kind of. I think they kind of like wrapped that into the fun because it was a good catalyst for Sam, to like goad Montgomery on in the wraparound story to like up the ante for his stories. Like oh, yeah. she was kind of like, oh, that wasn't that good, and there was no ironic comeuppance. Um, and it, I think it was kind of fun. She was like commenting on, I don't know, maybe a bit of like almost fourth wall breaking as like a commentary on what other anthologies tend to do. Almost like a critic herself, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she yeah. made the point. It just like you said, it set it up for the each story to get you know more insane than the previous one so it right you Mm know she was like oh that's not that that's not that great let me hear something with you know more to it
0: right right and then like it it kind of plays in on some some of his like humanity too because he's like all right all right i can do better yeah (laughs) yeah that That, that, that was a great
2: dynamic between them and like how she's like commenting on each story that he's telling her those those good <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I like the little in between segments where you would see them banter yeah, back. and forth. They had good
0: chemistry. Mm-hmm.
2: Did, did Did you guys like the like like they threw in this detail there where where she's like this kleptomaniac and like she's been stealing stuff all night. Uh, I I thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> thievery in general. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who does that?
1: Well, I, and I thought it was kind of like because at first they kind of position it like. You know, if it was in the fifties, you know, women are, were supposed to kind of keep to themselves, you know, they didn't do, you know, it wasn't really expected that they were, do, they would do something like that. So it was kind of a shock right? when she is pulling all this stuff out and you could tell, I liked how annoyed she was when the guy was like, I, I kind of felt like we had something. So maybe, maybe on the balcony <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she just kind of rolled her eyes like, yeah, whatever, dude. So I, I didn't yeah, like yeah, that about
0: that's her. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they gave her some good uh, character there. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well then uh, they transition to the second segment. This is the one that takes place in the 60s, and there's a promiscuous frat boy who's trying to bed as many women as possible. Uh, He has sex with a woman and removes his condom while doing so, and the next morning he has a rash, goes to the doctor, and discovers that his file at the office says that he's pregnant. He starts feeling sick, and then we lead into this disgusting sequence where... His frat brothers lift him over their heads in these chairs to celebrate that he's slept with 67 women, which is an important number for their frat for whatever reason. And his water <laughs> breaks all over them.
2: Oh, is that what it was?
0: Yeah. I yeah, assumed. I think it was a bit thicker and uh, less clear than <laughs> typical water would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If we're gonna get into all those gory details.
1: Yeah, this is definitely the segment I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yeah. "What did I just watch?"
0: <laughs> yeah, so Whitney, when that happened, were you like gagging or laughing or com- combo of both?
1: Well, which when her when his water broke, the
0: water breaking.
1: Oh, I was yeah. We'll their... get to
0: the we'll get to the other one later. Yeah,
1: I was watching it <laughs> with Mike, and Mike doesn't really like horror movies. He picks them apart like more than me. And this, he was just, like, on the couch with me. And I was like, I'm going to see what this is. And he is pretty squeamish about, like, he gets grossed out really easily. (laughs) So, he was, like, over next to me, like, making these gagging sounds. And he was like, oh, my God. He was like, what are you watching? (laughs) And I was like, I didn't know it was going to be this gross. (laughs) But it just. Yeah. Ugh, the sounds. And. I mean, there were like solid, like clumps of stuff that fell on the guys, yep. and it was ju- it was disgusting. Like it was just
0: yeah, they oh. were covered.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I thought he'd like puked on them or something. So that that was his water breaking.
0: That's yeah. what I assumed. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's like when your water breaks through your penis.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> I was kind of There's- like, where did it come from? Because he seemed (laughs) still really confused, you know, once he is, like, about to have the baby. I was like, surely he would have known where it came from if that was, you know, where the water came from. I'm assuming it did, but I don't know. It was real gross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so then he rushes to find this girl that he slept with, and he gets to her house, and her parents seem pretty familiar with what's happening. Uh, there's also a background story that's been set up in the intro to this one that there's a lot of men that have gone missing recently Uh, they sit him down they tell him what's happening and he asks where it's going to come from or how it's going to get out and they say the same way it got in (laughs) and he gives birth and we see a close up of his penis gets swollen (laughs) and burst like a balloon (laughs) (laughs) and blood splatters all over the wall
2: Hey, did you guys guys pause on, on that scene by any chance no,
0: <laughs> uh, I definitely really? watched it again. Yeah, and you didn't try to like pause, like <laughs> no, <laughs> no <why? laughs> what the hell is wrong with you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you you were cur- curious. You didn't want to see like the, the
0: actual like thing exploding. Uh, no, I didn't. I did go back and rewatch to see the explosion.
2: Yeah, I, I paused on it because I, I want to see how they did that. This is gross.
1: I mean, I was. I think we uh, were so shocked that it was a penis exploding that we didn't know like my husband and I didn't know what to do. We were just kind of like, what did we just see? <laughs> he was like, what Whitney? did you see? Yeah. He was like, what if you made me watch? Like he was real, like like real incredulous. Like that I, that this is the horror movie I'd picked for us to watch together.
2: <laughs> yeah. This is, this is crazy body gore.
1: Um, yeah. Which, which I love body, like body horror anyways, for the most part. but, did you guys think it was weird like how it came like the demon baby or whatever you want to call it came out of his penis but then they showed him again after he was dead and it was like his entire bottom half was like blown out like it looked like it almost like come out of like his lower part of his stomach did you guys notice that
0: yeah he was basically ripped in half it seems like the order of operations would have been ripped in half before his penis explodes
1: yes is what i was thinking uh, but
0: you don't you don't think
2: you don't think they got like a foot out through the penis and then when the body came it like it took the rest of the body like i mean
1: like maybe kind of like a, how the baby came out like a like a like a baby foot came out first and yeah, then- yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> it like slid down foot came through the penis okay then it explodes and then uh, once the rest of the body hit
0: or something. I mean, if it's, I can see the foot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's like a normal birth, the head is definitely coming out first. <laughs> which yeah. which would, would in turn make the penis explode, but <laughs> I mean, I guess it could get stuck on yeah. his shoulders, on the baby's shoulders. Yeah,
2: yeah. When this <laughs> <laughs> The shoulders is what, is what did it. <laughs> that broke the penis.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that was... This is or definitely maybe it
0: just th- had like a bunch of really thick hair that just <laughs> as the hair started making its way into the penis. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> but I, I but uh, think- these weren't babies, right? They weren't they like kind of monsters or something.
1: Well, I assume they were like baby monsters or baby demons or something, right?
0: Yeah, so they take the baby into this like nursery full of cribs that's all full of yeah monster babies, right?
1: And I guess the mom is just going to raise them all? Not the daughter? The daughter. Yeah, he's, like, on
2: the phone making another date.
1: Yeah, she seemed real unconcerned with anything that was going yeah.
2: on. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that, like, the whole, like, uh, like uh, thing here? was they're kind of, like, switching the typical, like, stereotypical uh, gender dynamics. Oh, yeah. And, like, making her, right, yeah. Which we I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah, it, it, that one's probably my favorite story, even though it's the grossest. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not the grossest, but it was... My favorite of the four stories.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the grossest in a specific way.
1: Yeah. In a I mean, non-food,
0: non-food related grossest.
1: Yeah. In Penis Exploding, <laughs> it was definitely the grossest.
2: Yeah. Was this the first time you guys have seen a penis explode? In a
0: movie or real life?
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm going to say yes to both of those. I've never seen one explode in real life. So I um, hope I don't ever have to see one. I don't know what would make one explode in her life. <laughs> I mean, giving
2: um, birth, I guess. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's 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 wild. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy that that's ever like, yeah, I've never seen that done in film either. So it's, it's crazy to see this film go there.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting that part of the body to be shown.
0: No. Right. Ashwin and I are on a streak of uh, strange penis scenes happening in movies.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> I'm <glad> I was <laughs> just thinking that because apparently there's a lot of penises and possessor.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, so Ashwin, it's your turn to pick a movie next. So keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got a responsibility. Yeah, you gotta you gotta serve
1: audience that's definitely waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I like that. I'll see what the, I can find. The next penis rests on your shoulders. <laughs>
1: I I did like the girl like I knew you knew something was gonna happen though I feel like it was kind of predictable like as soon as he started throwing up didn't you guys kind of know immediately like oh it's gonna be a reverse like he's definitely got like an alien baby or something.
0: Oh I didn't pick up on that right away Uh, Brian did you? Once he started barfing I, I got the gist. You can tell which two of us are parents with you and your foot first. <laughs> <Yeah>. Birth.
1: <laughs> it's all your birth related questions. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> Seriously, like baby food and yeah, birth related. Yeah. Uh no, I I but, but he had like that huge rash on his stomach so I thought maybe uh there's something else going on there. Is, is that Did you guys like tie that to that?
1: No, and the rash did. I was like I just knew something was was off. Like, I, and I knew he was going to get in trouble because he tricked her into thinking that he wore the condom. So I was like, something's going to happen where she's, you know, done something to him. And at first it was the rash, but then he started, I think he started throwing up right after. And I was like, oh, that's what it is.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the rash may have been a, uh, a red herring. Got it. Wait, what about the whole
2: backstory, like, uh, how he had that picture of himself as a younger kid, but, like, uh, he, was, he was a little, uh, more obese back then, and so he, and he kind of brings that up when he's, like, talking to the mom at the end before he dies, that, like, he has this big fear of, like, uh, putting on weight or something, like, what,
0: what was that? I kind of like that. It was basically him trying to explain why he was such a womanizer.
2: <laughs> Is that what that was?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, he was trying to make up for, like, his childhood of feeling like he wasn't good enough or attractive enough.
2: Oh, so he's like using that as
0: like a as a way to like get their sympathy. No, like I think he it really was like part of why he was such a womanizer to like squash that part of him that felt like ugly and unworthy. Oh, oh, I see.
1: He was super embarrassed about it because the guy like came in, one of his friends came in, and he like hid the picture. He was terrified that guy was going to find it.
2: Yeah, right, right.
1: Part of it too, when he was pregnant, like he got fat again, so he was you
0: know. Oh, right, right.
1: Like he had mentioned. Yeah, it's kind he of like his he was out of shape or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That, that's what the angle I thought they were going for is like, uh, yeah, he, he was scared of, uh, of, of what he was when he was younger. And now like, yeah, putting on that weight again as as, as being pregnant uh, was kind of tapping into that
0: psychology of his. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch.
1: Did you did you guys think it was weird that they were doing this whole um, in the patriarchy thing? and like showing like handing out condoms and it was supposed to be in the 60s like didn't you think that was the part i was talking about where i thought it just didn't it kind of threw me off about the timeline because that doesn't seem like something that would be you know done in the 60s people really didn't talk about stuff like that out in the open
0: yeah it seems more like something you'd see more today right on the Mm -hmm. college campus yeah yeah i mean i know the 60s had like the whole sexual revolution thing but i Oh it, yeah, it did maybe. seem a bit extreme, even for that time period.
1: Well, and I also thought with like, I feel like you know, in the patriarchy is much of a more recent thing. Right? Maybe I'm just right. uneducated and don't know everything about ending the patriarchy. Maybe it's been around for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, I really liked once they cut back to the wraparound story here. Sam goes, now that was a story. And Montgomery goes, you mean it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he seemed he like a so nice excited. guy. He really didn't seem that bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He seemed enjoyable. Yeah, he was kind of
0: like the opposite of the Crypt Keeper.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Just like
2: a lonely old dude.
0: Yeah. 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 Instead of like witty and evil, he's kind of, kind of oafy.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i got the sense like he was enjoying having like company there like someone to talk to
0: yeah
1: did you guys notice the doctor in this one was also the doctor in the next skit he was in actually he was in all he was in three out of the four skits the doctor was right stories i guess not skits
0: oh yeah because he was in the last the babysitter murders too right he was the parent Um, yeah he was wow yeah that's another thing that doesn't quite make sense with the time periods but but whatever
1: yeah well and that was another thing too was that at the in the part where at the part where he's giving the eulogy the husband was at the funeral and he had what looked like his wife with him
2: yeah I know like uh are you talking mm. about the husband uh, From this next segment Yes Yeah 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 exactly yeah That, that, that eulogy had uh, Like most Yeah a lot of the cast members Were there well, The doctor was there too right Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah oh, weird That doesn't make sense I, I meant to go back and rewatch that To see who all was there But I, I never did
1: I just yeah. caught it this time Because they, they focused on the husband A couple times
0: Yeah I don't know if that was supposed To mean something Or just like This movie being Kind of playing by its own rules I'm not sure yeah, I can't tell. Well, speaking of that third skit, um, so this one I suppose takes place in the 70s, and it's this dude, Wendell, who is depressed that he is stuck taking care of his newly wed wife, who has become catatonic for some reason, and a doctor suggests to him, the doctor we just spoke of, suggests to him that he could use untraceable painkillers to rid himself of this problem, and implies that he could purposely give his wife an overdose, Uh, And Wendell does so. And immediately afterward, her hand moves to grab his. And he gives her the Heimlich maneuver, thinking she's getting better. Like, what have I done? I've poisoned her. And then she falls onto something sharp and stabs herself through the head and dies. He calls the doctor, and the doctor tells him to ditch the body as soon as possible. So he cuts her up in a trunk. Or cuts her up, puts her in a trunk, and takes the elevator from his apartment down to, like, get rid of her somewhere. And the elevator gets stuck. And he essentially, like... I couldn't tell i guess ultimately it's revealed that he's hallucinating but it seems like she's coming back to life and she emerges from the trunk as a ghoul and kisses him and then the police come to find him just sitting there alone talking to himself right is that the gist of that one
1: yes i didn't i I couldn't understand what happened to her either i didn't realize it was hallucin was a hallucination or if at first i thought maybe she was an alien because she looked her eyes were, like, very alien, like, when she came back.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh When she comes out, doesn't she, like, take a ring and, like, marry him again, basically? Like, ma- make him wear the ring again? Oh, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, she's basically, like, and that's why when they find him, he's just saying, for better or worse, till death do us part. He's just repeating that over and over again.
0: Right. Um This one felt a bit heavier to me than the other ones. I mean, this is a pretty... Seri- I mean it's jokey in some ways but it's a pretty serious situation to be have someone you just married become uh, completely dependent on you for care and there's a scene, a specific scene he's like giving her these smoothies that are disgusting and she like kind of barfs a little bit of it back up and he looks, he's got this expression on his face that he's just totally disgusted and you see a tear come from her eye mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. was like really depressing
1: yeah, yeah it was a lot heavier than I um, expected.
0: I know. Yeah. Especially compared to like the last two. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So Whitney, what did you think of this one? Like, especially considering where the tone had gone so far, like, were you down for this tone shift or was this one of your least favorites?
1: It was probably my third, like my order would be the baby, the babysitter murders, then this one, then the first one. Um, it it, it kind of threw me off with the tone. Um, I mean, they tried to, like you said, they tried to make it a little bit jokey, but the whole idea of him having to care for her and he, you know, he's talking to the his elderly neighbor who's telling him, like, you got to, you know, travel while you can and all this. And it's just kind of sad because he doesn't feel like he can leave her and he literally spends all of his time fixing these like beautiful meals that he puts all this work into and then he just tosses them into a blender to feed to her because she can't you know eat food like normal food and I don't know I felt bad for him because it seems like I mean I I don't know if this is bad but it's almost like what like surely she's miserable too would it be that bad that you know if she just passed away like I don't know It just Mm -hmm. was kind of depressing
2: it it is like really depressing and and heavy and and like you're right like those are like big questions about like uh like like yeah what what kind of livelihood uh do either of you have and he was obviously stressed about the bills and the medical expense and Mm -hmm. i think like when the doctor tells him that uh that she's like you know doing okay like it almost like brings him down because it means like her suffering is going to continue so yeah you, you really felt for the characters in this one
1: yeah for sure
2: but, yeah. I, you know, I wonder, uh, like, do, do you guys feel like uh, because the other three are like more fun and like lighthearted, did did you need this one to like be this heavy emotional one to balance out the rest of the movie or you could have done it without it?
1: I think I could have done without this one. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't bad, but it didn't bring a whole lot of extra to the movie for me, if that makes sense.
0: I agree. I probably could have done without it, but I also feel like it could have stayed there if it was just done a little bit differently. I don't know if you guys felt this way, but it seemed like it got kind of long. I have no idea what, how much time it really took up, but it just started to feel a little bit predictable and just, it really kind of went nowhere. Like it was almost anticlimactic that they just found him by himself, like talking to himself. It just kind of seemed like a long, dark, depressing segment to end where it did. Uh, I, I agree yeah it dragged a little bit and and you kind of knew where it was
2: going earlier on and then uh, yeah that when, once he gets in the elevator like that's kind of a long thing where like, visually like pretty cool like all the blood like flying up in the elevator um, and like how she comes out and, like looks pretty scary but uh, yeah like you kind of uh, I feel like plot wise it didn't
0: move uh, as quick as some of the other ones Yeah yeah agreed um, so They cut back to the wraparound story, and Sam says, now she's got a story to tell him. And she says, I'm not here for the job, really. I'm here for this dead child. And she goes into her story, which is a story about her babysitting this kid. uh, And there's a news report on TV about an escaped patient from an asylum. And shortly after that, a man appears in the house with a head wound, and he's looking for the child. And they battle each other. He has the upper hand and he's strangling her. And she says, you're not a killer. And then he's like, you're right. And she ends up getting the best of him after that and killing him. And the parents come home, find him dead, and reveal that he is actually the babysitter. And she is this killer known as the Tooth Fairy Killer that we've had alluded to in the beginning. It was the headline on some of the newspapers that the boy was delivering uh, in the opening. Um, So these parents come home, they find this babysitter dead, and they find their kid in the oven, which is pretty dark, but also kind of played hokily at the same time. Yeah, what what a crazy twist!
1: I felt like the twist was kind of predictable. I liked it, but I I as soon as they said the mental asylum people had escaped, and she was so excited to be dancing in the kitchen like when she was making the food i was like i bet she's the crazy Mm. person
0: oh no kidding yeah yeah and it got a little weird because the mom like left a voicemail saying she was late uh and then she started cooking this like elaborate dinner for herself and i was like why why would she be doing that
1: (laughs) did either of you notice the husband from the previous one because at the in the little yeah, yeah. wraparound story, oh, yeah. they said he had gone to that like insane asylum, and then he's one of the people interviewed as a guard. But they may, they play it like he is very awkward and doesn't. He's definitely like an escaped patient, <laughs> and he's dressing up as a guard. Is the way I took it.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that. What really? I knew it was him, but I didn't think about him like playing that he was a guard because he's just like. The guard, ex- one of the guard explains a whole bunch of stuff. And then yeah. the news reporter puts the mic in front of this guy. And he's just like, <laughs> he's like <"Yep>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, And he's like kind of bouncing on his like on his feet a little bit, like nervous almost. I took it that way. I was like, oh, he's escaped. and He's gotten a guard uniform. <laughs> well, that's and- a
0: fun way to take it. I ho- I think you're probably right. I just didn't catch it. Yeah, that's that'd be a great twist.
1: Yeah, this is the one where they had the the movie the babysitter murders like this that's the title of this short right
0: right yes this segment is called the babysitter murders okay um
2: did you did you guys like easily pick up that uh the main character in this one is the same uh woman from like the frame story
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes
2: (laughs) really (laughs) i I, I didn't connect that (laughs) how how did you how did you uh that's two different hairstyles
1: what her hair was just braided in the frame story. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> she couldn't have done yeah. that. How long did that take? Wait, so wait, so as it's soon as this gotta take as long straight- as birthing a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so as soon as you saw her in in this segment, you knew she was the girl from the frame story. Yeah,
1: because yep. the guy when they call the people, the parents. Say Sam, which is the name she gave the mortician when she came in.
2: Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, right, right,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't put that together, I was awesome.
0: <laughs> you have <laughs> this problem, everyone. Every like 20 episodes, we run into this where Ashman just <laughs> isn't good with faces.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a whole different hairstyle, it's it crazy. <laughs> Uh, and 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 I'm assuming, oh, well, I, I guess like this would have been pretty recently to like what the story she's narrating, right? Because uh, she's at the the
0: morgue for uh, this body, right? Yeah, and yeah. For the funeral of the kid is what we saw earlier. Mm.
1: So she could get his tooth. She didn't get to take a tooth right. from him.
0: Yeah,
2: got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I skipped out on that.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so back in the wraparound story, she pulls out some pliers and says, like, I'm here for my souvenir, pulls the tooth out of the kid's body, stabs Montgomery in the stomach, and then he starts laughing uh, and bleeding embalming fluid and says, you've committed one f- fatal storytelling sin, you've underestimated your audience. And he essentially reveals, she tries to escape, and every time she exits the mortuary, she just ends up right back in there. And he reveals that uh, it's basically like this role that he's had and now it's her, her turn. And she, oh, like the books open up and all the her child victims come out of the books in the library of this mortuary and essentially tear her apart. And then he yeah. sh- sews her back together and exits and th- like he dissipates into the wind and then she is now the mortician. Did the effects on the dead kid ghouls did that look good to you guys or I felt like it, it was looked, a little hokey yeah or? it was a little tell. hokey
1: but it didn't bother me
0: right it kind of fits the the vibe mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah it was I, I liked her I thought her end was very fitting for a child murderer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Who cooked yeah. her victims yeah <laughs>
0: Although she kind of gets rewarded because the very last scene is that kid that we saw at the beginning who was delivering newspapers. He comes up to apply for a job or something.
1: Oh, and yeah, she's no. like, please
0: stay for dinner.
1: He was so cute. He was such a cute little yes, boy sitting there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, did you guys appreciate like her? Like, did you think it made sense? Like, why she was there, and it all tied together nicely enough. For you guys
2: I, it seemed like it seemed like a long way to go for like a tooth but I, I guess if that's her like her MO then then she didn't have another choice uh, but also like she could have just come and grabbed the tooth and, and left versus like hearing all the stories what, what, what did you guys think
1: yeah well she is crazy yeah, enough I mean, to eat children so it's not that shocking that yeah. she would go <laughs> she's,
0: she's, she's kind is... of off a rock or so <laughs> and she's yeah. clearly pretty morbid so I, I think it makes sense that she was down with the stories sure yeah I also kind of like that, um, so he says, like, as he's explaining to her what, what's going on, he says something to the effect of throughout history, it's been the storyteller's role to remind us that each action creates a ripple. And I think that, um, anthologies kind of have a history of being like morality tales. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of hint through that throughout the whole movie. Like, in the, after he tells the first story, she's like, come on, like no ironic comeuppance. Um, And so he's essentially saying, you know, that's what's going on here with all these stories. And that's what is happening to you. Like you're now getting your comeuppance. Uh, So I thought it all weaved together really well. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's sometimes that I feel like the segment segments in between, like the, you know, the wraparound story or whatever. I think sometimes that can get kind of tedious and I'll be like, Oh, I not necessarily in this movie, but just in anthologies in general. I'm kind of ready to get back to another, you know, story and see what's going to happen. But this one, like I said, like the chemistry between the mortician and Sam was entertaining enough that it didn't bother me when we had to like go back to Mm -hmm.
0: them. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. agree. Fun, fun to
2: watch them interact. uh, And they, yeah, they had, they had a great chemistry together.
1: Yeah, they were, they were um, fun.
0: I think it's kind of like hard it it seems like it's probably hard to do to make a movie that's kind of hokey and campy without it just being descending into this like such goofiness that it's dumb. Um mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job with that.
2: I think so too. I I think I did, did you guys like the ending cuz I was kind of hoping uh like you know it ends off on like that tone that she's going to like cook that kid or whatever. But I, I think it would have been cooler if she actually did, and it like ended on uh, like more body gore, like body horror. Uh, that, that just would have been like a lot darker. Versus like I feel like it ends kind of like the way it started, where it's more kind of uh, like a ghost story that like or, or like a goosebumps kind of thing. Uh, did what did you guys feel about that ending?
1: So you're saying you wanted to see another kid get eaten?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, thank, thank you one, for repeating, Whitney. One extra kid being eaten would have sealed the deal for me on this one.
1: Um, no, I was actually very worried for that little boy. I wanted him to, to run. I was like, Why are you back here? Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> Whitney, you're getting a peek yeah. behind the curtain. Every episode ends with Ashwin saying he wish he had just seen a kid get eaten and then we had to edit it out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself, guys.
1: Well, it's like it's <laughs> like Lauren in that one episode where she said ever she was like, Well, everybody has a price. We were talking about the price that someone pays to get a guy to murder a bunch of kids and we were like no they don't <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: wow that's dark yeah <laughs> yeah you
1: yeah, you guys should hang out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe not maybe you shouldn't hang out maybe maybe that's dangerous for Yuck. kids <laughs> yeah stay away
2: <laughs> it's like good things can only come from this <laughs> um, but yeah you, you guys know, you guys want to prefer like a more like kind of darker sinister gory ending like more in line with like some of the violence we saw earlier on in the film? Mm,
1: I was, Whitney, I did was okay think? with it. I was okay with the ending. I mean, I assumed that that sweet little boy was going to get eaten and I didn't like it, but I'm glad I didn't have to see it. So I was okay with the ending and I liked that she was stuck there. And, you know, she was oh, the yeah. one that had to handle all these dead bodies now. And she was, I'm not sure why she changed her hair that way. I'm surprised, Osmond recognized her because she did have another hairstyle at that point. Yeah, <laughs> <So.
2: laughs> no, you know, th- this time, this time she had the cuts on the face, and, and that—that's that, how okay, I Okay, that was her. That a... was an
1: identifying, you know, mark for you. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, yeah, I liked it. I liked the ending.
0: Yeah, I did too. I think it fits the tone of the overall thing better, and the tone of most anthologies. They're all kind of like, ho, uh, campy and fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was definitely. I ending. think that's part of why I tend to like them
1: yeah it's sure. the opposite of what did you guys call misery porn <laughs> yes Yeah, it's like <laughs> the opposite of that <laughs>
0: yeah it really is and it's interesting because there are like some like a VHS type anthology those are all like that's way darker it is yeah that one is really I feel dark. like they kind of stand out as outliers of just being really dark in terms of film anthology movies
1: yeah, there's another one called Southbound, I think is the name of it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty dark. Right. It's not like campy kind of fun.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like that one. That was a good one, right? Yeah,
2: I liked it. Uh, it, w- would you guys would you guys make of the mortician dying at the end like when he it sounds like he thought it was safe to leave but then he immediately dies as
0: soon as he steps outside?
1: I saw it coming. Did you guys I- not
0: I assumed he would, yeah, yeah, move on to the next phase of his soul's journey. Oh, I thought he was, like, going to get a mortgage.
1: <laughs> uh, I thought that,
2: that... he was what? I, I thought he was, like, going to go, like, get a mortgage and, like, buy a house or
1: something. <laughs> 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 like, he was tired of living in that place. He's ready for his... It's ready to start yeah, anew.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it seems like that's what he was about to do,
0: right? Psycho sign a mortgage.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he did.
0: He did maybe seem a little caught off guard by it.
1: Well, if you notice, he was like, he, he like took, he just took his, like, he tiptoe, he like stuck his toe out first, and then he like, like, closed, he like clenched his eyes shut, and then he like opened one. Like, he was like, oh, like, and he was kind of relieved, and then it started happening, and you could tell he was like on his way out.
0: Uh Oh, Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so he was surprised.
1: I think, I think so. he thought maybe he thought he was going to go get a mortgage, and his plans <laughs> were thwarted.
0: <laughs> Bummer. Um, well, okay, Whitney, can you can you re uh, restate your order of which ones are your favorites?
1: In order of most favorite to least favorite, most favorite was Demon Baby. Number two would be the babysitter murders. Number three is the comatose wife. And number four would be the lady in the bathroom with the octopus in the medicine cabinet.
0: Ashwin, what
2: about you? Uh, Yeah, interesting. You know, I think mine, uh, the the, uh, babysitter uh, is probably number one. Um, I think, yeah, the baby one is uh, number two. And then that octopus one, and then... uh, the, uh, the, the the sad one about the uh, the woman uh, who's in kind of like a coma or whatever. What,
0: yeah, I, what think I, mine eat, is, I think mine's the same as yours, Ashwin. I struggle to place uh, the penis burster and the babysitter murders. That's like kind of hard <laughs> to figure out which one of those is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, my least favorite is is the, uh, the catatonic woman.
1: I think cool. I just thought it was scarier well, than the first one. So that was why I got bumped up.
0: Yeah yeah I, I liked it if it was kind of scarier at the end because none of them were really scary Mm-mm, right no Except, I guess maybe the catatonic one a little bit
1: yeah yeah like at the yeah, end, the end when she's like coming out of mm-hmm. the box which yeah that part was it was bothersome yeah,
0: yeah that was a little freaky hey what's
2: that uh, meat cutter called that uh, he uses to cut her up an electric a knife meat grinder oh, an electric oh, knife yeah that's, yeah that's the one uh, yeah. yeah which, I, like, I, I've I think the only other place I've seen is like in in the Evil Dead remake. Is that right? Yeah.
1: I was gonna be like, yeah. Why? yeah my
0: parents have one of those.
1: <laughs> Hoshfin, are yeah. you in the market for one? <laughs> like. You <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh the cooking the kid thing
1: You just said you wanted to see a kid get eaten And now you're asking about electric yeah. knives <laughs>
0: <laughs> You guys gave me some great tips on baby food I, th- I think we're all set eh? here <laughs> <laughs> He like slyly pretended he didn't know anything About how birth works so that Yeah about that. Exactly This has been very helpful for me guys Thanks <laughs> Oh. well i don't think i have any choice on the rating scale but to make it uh zero to five bursting penises i knew that's what, Whitney, was what do you be. give this
1: um i'm gonna <laughs> give it <laughs> god um uh probably a three and a half bursting penises for me for the mortuary collection it was fun kept me entertained wasn't too heavy aside from comatose wife and i'm a sucker for anthologies
2: yeah. Nice. Nice. Ashwin? Uh yeah, I, w- I was really happy with this one. I, th- I think I have uh, a lower bar maybe uh, for anthologies. Um, I yeah, I just feel like it's tough to keep like a consistent momentum or or theme or like a high level throughout. And uh, I was just really surprised with uh, how con- like solid each of these uh, segments were, and like each one had a great twist. I thought the production was really good, uh, and like pretty creative stories that I didn't feel were too re- repetitive or like uh you know formulaic at all. So yeah, yeah, I gave it a four and a half uh, exploding penises. Oh. Uh, just uh, it, it it was a lot of fun to watch. It was good.
0: Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I fought right in between you guys. I've I got four bursting penises. Um, I think it was it was mostly pretty great. It's hard for me to give any anthology a five because there's inherently just always kind of one weak one. Um, yeah, and they're just kind of light in general, typically. So it's hard to, I don't know. I think of like a perfect, well-rounded hour and a half story to be a five so it's kind of hard to compare but um yeah so as i was with the four i thought the cinematography was really good too um like almost better than it should have been for a movie that was this campy and silly um yeah. it was a lot of fun and the story was uh the stories were engaging and there were like little treats in there that i didn't even catch like whitney talked about with the uh guy in the guard uniform
2: uh-huh. <laughs> like random random humor throughout yeah
0: yeah, like yeah. Easter eggs almost. Right. Um, so I think it would have been a four point five if I had liked the catatonic sketch a little bit better.
1: You guys made me think that I like rated it too harshly. Maybe I don't know. It felt like a three. Yeah, I don't I'm know. surprised. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm stingy with my with my bursting penises. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Gotta hold on to this. <laughs> They say keep your friends close and your bursting pieces <laughs> closer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean three point five. I, I I respect that for sure. And I think yeah. it's it's hard too when you're it's tempting to think of threes as bad, but I think a three is means I like it and three and a half means I really liked it.
1: Yeah, and I'm not used to giving, you know, a number rating. It's just a yes or a no. Mm, yeah. For us, so I get in that mindset, you know, so then I'll like freeze when I'm like, Oh, I have to answer, you know, how many out of five?
2: Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Is is it a lights camera yes or a lights camera no? It's, oh, def- there you go.
1: it's definitely a lights camera, yes. Nice. I've I've watched this movie I think three times now. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, Damn. I've seen it a few times.
0: That that total screen time that you've watched it adds up to the total screen time that Ashwin kept it paused on the exploding penis. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> and just doing it frame I can't, I can't by be, frame.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, you you guys definitely pause it on that too, right? I mean, we're thinking about going back and doing that. Our, our answers aren't going to change.
1: What? Yeah. Okay. That's, What did you discover when you paused it?
2: Well, I I just wanted to see how they went from penis to exploding penis. Like, was it a real penis to begin with? And then they threw in like an explosion on top? Or was the whole time it was a fake penis that was going to explode? I I guess that's what I was wondering.
1: It looked like one of those toys that you can get at like Cracker Barrel that has like the water in it. And you can like squish it back and (laughs) forth. And it looked like if you like squeezed all the water to one end of it. And it exploded. To me.
2: Oh, sure. That's impressive that you, you caught that because it's it's such a quick uh, scene that, that that's a pretty good observation.
1: Well, I have seen this good, movie jump. three times, so oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> I knew. Yeah,
0: my impression that it was it was fake pen a uh, fake penis from the get go. Okay.
1: Yeah, like Marky Mark fake from yeah. like Boogie Nights. It was just
0: yeah. fake. yeah. Got it. I, I mean, feel I, a lot better now.
1: I hope they didn't use a real penis.
0: <laughs> it was it was real, and then it never went fake. Was it, st- <laughs> it real the whole time? It was a
1: stunt penis. This
0: <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> a guy who just knows how to do that, and then <laughs> <laughs> he's been waiting for this. Suspends a few months healing, and then he goes and <laughs> takes his next penis bursting roll. <laughs>
1: oh that's really disturbing
0: <laughs> uh, well do either of you have anything to add before we start to wrap up
1: I do not I think we covered it all or for me
2: yeah See, I, it, actually one last thing do you guys like the soundtrack did, did that jump out to you at all
1: I did I did like the soundtrack a lot actually
2: yeah i i liked it a lot too i it was, it was by like some group called like the mondo boys or something but uh yeah i thought they had a really good like fitting especially as we talked about like how you can't really place this film mm-hmm. or it's like kind of old-timey but uh modern I, I thought the soundtrack also did it good justice
1: i really liked the song that played when sam was cooking her child dinner whatever and she was oh, like dancing yeah. around yeah, the right. kitchen that was my favorite one
0: yeah yeah that was a sweet one i like that one a lot pretty good well, stuff now now you even know the song to play when you cook your first one up gosh yeah.
1: You got the soundtrack already made. Ready.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me know when you guys are free. I'll, I'll have you over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that twisted note, uh, we want to thank you, Whitney. This was a lot of fun. We appreciate you joining.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was super yeah. fun.
0: Yeah. And can you re- remind folks where they can find... Uh, the podcast Lights, Camera, No And where they can find you on social media
1: Yeah, you can find us on all Major podcasting platforms like Apple, Spotify, Libsyn Stitcher, all the good stuff And on social we're On Twitter and Instagram As Lights, Camera, No If you're looking for us on Facebook We're at LCN Podcast And we do have a website that we occasionally Write some ramblings on from time to time And it's lightscamera.no.com.
0: Awesome cool well thanks again and uh, this has been our discussion on the mortuary collection everybody we hope you enjoyed it and if you did you can give us a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts and then you can go over and listen to Lights Camera No and give them a 5 star rating as well Uh, you can connect with us at horrormovieclub.com we've got links to our Facebook and Twitter there as well as our Discord server where you can come talk to us and Whitney if you want to
2: Yes.
0: Uh, you can email us at podcast at horrormovieclub.com uh, our logo is done by Amy Mae Pop Art. You can check out some great horror art by her at etsy.com and search Amy Mae Pop Art, all one word. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash horror movie club. Uh, so thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. And until next time, always practice safe sex or a mutant monster baby might make your penis explode. <laughs>